Uh, can I get you to turn with me, please, uh, to Colossians 3, our epistle reading. Uh, if you're using your Bible or your device, Colossians 3, 1 to 14. Uh, if you're using the order of service, um, uh, I'm taking a little bit longer passage than what's printed in the, uh, for the epistle reading there. But if you go to the appendix at the back of the order of service, you'll have the full passage of Colossians 3, uh, 1 to 14. Uh, and it'd be helpful to have that with you. Let me uh, lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, that you have gathered us uh, together today uh, to celebrate the resurrection of your Son from the dead. And we thank you that you have indeed raised him. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that as we uh, look at your word together, uh, that you help us uh, to not only to trust in him and his resurrection, uh, but to live our lives uh, in light of it. And so we commit this time to you, and we ask for your spirit to be at work among us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jesus Christ rose from the dead physically. Uh, we saw that in our reading from Matthew just now. His tomb was empty. His body was gone. He appeared to the women. They touched him. And elsewhere we read that he later ate fish with his disciples. Christ rose from the dead physically. And one day when he comes again, he will raise us from the dead physically as well. And those who believe will experience the glorious resurrection body. Christ rose from the dead physically in the past. We will rise physically in the future. But there is also a different kind of resurrection that we can experience in the present. It is a resurrection that in fact everyone who belongs to Christ has experienced. And that is a resurrection that is not physical but spiritual. You see, when someone receives Christ as Lord, we are spiritually united with Him by faith. We are one with Him spiritually. All that is His is ours. All that is ours is His. We are to use the language of Scripture in Christ. We share everything with Him because we are spiritually one. Our sins are counted as His sins. And He died for them on the cross under the judgment of God on our behalf. So that we are not condemned anymore. His death is counted as our death. And so you can say that we died with Christ. Likewise, we were raised with him. His resurrection was our resurrection. And in Christ, God gives to us a new life. So you can say that we are spiritually raised as well. And not only that, since the risen Christ has ascended into heaven, believers are now with him there spiritually. So when we receive Christ Jesus as our Lord, when we turn away from sin to put our trust in Him, we were given a new spiritual status. And in our passage today, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, shows us some of the implications of this for the way we conduct our daily life. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If, or since, you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Right? If we belong to the above spiritually, then we should seek the things that are above even as we live our lives down here. So that our physical actions are consistent with our spiritual reality. But what does it mean to seek the things that are above? 
Well, the next verse gives us a little bit more. He says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So, seeking the things that are above is about what we pursue, what we chase, what our minds give attention to attaining. And Paul says, if you've been raised with Christ, if you've got this new life, spend it pursuing things that match your new position. He reiterates the theological facts in verse 3. For you have died, and your life, your true life, your spiritual life, your life in Christ, is hidden with Christ in God. The spiritual reality of your resurrection with Christ, your being with Christ in glory, is not visible. You and I don't look particularly glorious. Our glory is hidden. It's not seen. It is hidden with Christ in God. So it's safe. But it's not just our glory that is hidden. Even the glory of the risen Christ is hidden from the world at this point. But it won't be hidden forever. Jesus will come again one day and his glory will be seen by all. And on that day, our true status will be seen as well. Here's the promise for our future in verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. We have died with Christ. We have been raised with Christ. We belong in heaven with Christ. And we will appear with Christ at the end of the age. So we should set our minds on things above, not on things below. But still, what does that mean? How do you do that? How do you live in a way that is consistent with that spiritual reality now in light of who we are and in light of God's promise for the future? Well, firstly, there are some things that we need to get rid of in light of the new status that we have in Christ. Holy Spirit, through Paul, says in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then he gives the list. Sexual immorality, that is, intercourse outside of marriage. Impurity, any kind of immoral sexual conduct. Passion, which is lust. Evil desire, a strong lust for what is not right. Covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, all forms of covetousness and greed are wrong, but in this case, Paul's probably talking about greed for more and more immoral sensuality. It's idolatry because indulging it, you're putting it above God who's telling us to stop. And all these things, God says, put it to death. Put it to death. Friends, sex outside of marriage is wrong. In actuality and in fantasy, in body and in mind, in physical reality and in virtual reality, heterosexual or homosexual. If you are sleeping with someone, male or female, who is not your husband or wife, stop. If you're a married person, you're flirting with or making out with someone who is not your husband or wife, you can't let that go on. If you're fantasizing about someone who is not your husband or wife, put it to death. 
If you're doing things online you know you shouldn't do, stop. If you're looking at porn on the internet, don't do that. You have been spiritually united with Christ. So put that behavior to death. You belong to Christ. You belong in heaven. Set your minds on those things, not on these things. On account of these, in verse 6, the wrath of God is coming. Those are the things that God is going to punish the world for. How, how can you, who have been raised with Christ, keep on doing such things? In the Colossians culture, it might have been acceptable to do some of those things. Likewise in ours. In these, verse 7, you once walked when you were living in them. But not now, not anymore. Not if you've been raised with Christ. Put those things to death. Deal with them in a deliberate, decisive way. And it's not just sexual sin that we need to get rid of if we are raised with Christ. It's a whole lot of relational sins that we need to, in verse 8, put away. And the picture there is that of taking off clothes. Since we've been raised with Christ, we've got a new uniform, so to speak. We can't wear the old clothes anymore. And those old clothes there are listed in verse 8. Anger and wrath, which includes bitterness and temper tantrums. Not acceptable among God's people. Malice, false troublemaking, spitefulness, hatefulness. Put it away. Slander. Speaking wrongly, bad things about God or about other people. Get rid of it. Obscene talk, dirt, which is dirty language or abusive language. Shouldn't be on our lips. And the other thing that shouldn't come off our lips in verse 9 is, is lies. Don't lie to one another. Can't tell the truth, just don't say anything. For friends, anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, lies, they all belong to the old life, the earthly life. That's gone. We've got a new life in Christ. We've got a new identity. Paul says in verse 9 and 10, we have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self. When we trusted in Christ, we were united with Christ in his death and resurrection. We are seated above with him. Our death with him was the spiritual act of putting off the old self. Our resurrection with him was a spiritual act of putting on the new. That is a spiritual reality. But what we need to do is keep on putting it into practice day by day. We've got to keep on practically taking off these old clothes. And day by day, incident by incident, temptation by temptation, we've got to say no to these earthly ways and put away those behaviors that are not meant to be ours anymore. So whenever you're tempted, whenever you're tempted to act in these ways, deliberately say to yourself, hang on, is this who I am now? No, I belong to Jesus. I've already received him as Lord. I've already decided to put the old self away. I've done that spiritually. I've died with him. I've been raised with him. And so I will say no to the behavior that feels so natural to my sinful nature, but is so fundamentally at odds with my new identity. Now that happens not all at once, step by step. The second half of verse 10 says that, that our new self is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Now that's encouraging, isn't it? Because on the one hand, we are responsible for taking off the old clothes, putting on the new ones. On the other hand, 
we know that God is changing us to become like Christ as we know him better and better. And you know, that's not a special thing for special people. It's for all of us. Verse 11 says, There is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. Christ is all and in all. So whoever we are, whatever background we come from, whatever our temptations or orientations might be, whatever our race, whatever our educational background, whatever our culture, if we belong to Christ, we have this new life and we can live it. We have been raised with Christ. But spiritual growth is not just getting rid of sins. It's not just taking off the old clothes. It's putting on the new uniform. And so Paul's not going to give a positive list of virtues to cultivate. But before he does, he once again going to emphasize that this is not just morality. It's a response to the gospel. For the way we live flows out from how God has treated us. Look how verse 12 begins. Put on then, that's putting on those clothes, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Christ is God's chosen one. He is holy. He is the beloved one, loved by the Father. But we are in Christ. And so that is our identity as well. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to belong to him as an act of undeserved kindness. That is called grace. And he made us holy in Christ. Holy means set apart for God. We are set apart for God in a special way, purchased by the blood of his son. And we are beloved. We are deeply, deeply loved by him in a love that was shown ever so clearly as Jesus hung there for us on the cross. If that is the spiritual reality of our risen life, if we are chosen by God, we are holy, we are loved by him in Christ Jesus, that makes all the difference for the way we think about ourselves. We don't need to make ourselves special. We are special already because we have been chosen by God. We don't need to find our purpose. We are holy, set apart for God. Our purpose is to worship and serve Him. We don't have to sin to find love. We are beloved. We are loved in the deepest possible way. We who are one with Christ in his death and resurrection share these aspects of his identity. And that is what enables us to develop into his character. And so verse 12 again, we are to put on his qualities. We are to purposely and deliberately and consciously choose to act in Christ-like ways. And what does that look like? Well, it means, verse 12, showing compassion and kindness from the heart. Caring for others, 
sympathetically in times of suffering. We need to be warm-hearted, benevolent towards one another, looking out for each other, supporting each other in difficulties. It means, verse 12 again, showing humility and meekness. Jesus was willing to take the lowest place in order to serve us. We had to be like him. Not trying to gain name for ourselves or to put others down in order to put ourselves up. No, no, no. But to be servant-hearted, gentle, unpretentious in serving God and others. Verse 12 also talks about patience. Jesus is patient with us, bearing with us, putting up with us in our weakness and sin. We need to be patient with each other. Some of us are not so easy to get on with. And so we are meant, in verse 13, to bear with one another in love. And the verse continues, If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Forgiveness is neither easy nor cheap. But Jesus paid a terrible price so that we can be rightly forgiven. And we need to cultivate a willingness to forgive in our hearts. And above all these things, verse 14, we are to put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Uh, if these virtues are like clothes that we wear, love is the cloak that, that, that holds it together. Right? We've got to cultivate all these virtues as part of our character. Not one of them is absolute. But if we love one another, as Christ has loved us, then we can hold each of these virtues together in their rightful place. Friends, we have a new identity. We have been raised with Christ. So we are to deliberately practice being like Christ, to intentionally and purposely decide to act in love whether or not we feel like it. That's why Paul talks about putting on these new clothes, this new character. Some people might say, oh, that's a bit hypocritical. If you don't feel like loving others, you shouldn't do it. No, 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 no. It's not hypocritical. If my feelings and my behavior are both inconsistent with who I really am, what do I change first? Change my behavior. Let my feelings follow. Now, don't get me wrong. Both are important. But don't say, I won't act in love because I don't feel love and it will be hypocritical. No, 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 no. Not to act in love would be hypocritical because that's in, inconsistent with who you really are in Christ. You are chosen. You are beloved. You are holy. You are raised with Christ. You belong with him in glory. So act in love and compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience because you are in Christ. And keep on deliberately practicing it over and over again until it becomes more and more a natural way of who you are. Grow in that direction. Keep asking, how can I be like Jesus in this situation? What would I do? How would I respond if my character was more Christ-like? Then do it. You belong to God. You are seated with Christ. Practice being godly.
So friends, we've seen today that Christ is risen from the dead. That in itself is an objective fact that has huge implications for the whole history of the world. It means that he really is the king that God promised would rule the world forever. It means that he's going to come back in glory one day to judge the world and bring his kingdom in in all its fullness. It means that death has been conquered and all who believe in him will rise one day to eternal life. It means that those who believe in him also have a new life and a spiritual resurrection now. We may suffer now. We may be despised now. But who we are, hidden now, will one day be seen. Will one day be seen. Just lost my place. Let me find it again. Our glory is hidden in heaven. But when Christ comes again, our glory will be revealed. We will be raised like Jesus with bodies that will not decay. We will be free from sin and all its consequences. And we will truly be like Jesus in our characters and enjoy God together forever. When Christ appears, we will appear with him in glory. And today we've seen the implications of that for us right here. If you really belong in heaven, then put your heart on things that are for there. Don't belong on earth. Don't spend your life chasing the things of this earth as if your glory will be found here. Set your heart on pleasing God and becoming the person he wants you to be. Make that your passion, your goal, to be more like Jesus in your character and wait for the day when your glory will be revealed. Finally, just want to circle back to address anyone here or online who hasn't yet been part of this spiritual resurrection. Christ has been raised from the dead. He really is Lord of heaven and earth. And he calls you today to turn from sin and receive him as your Lord. If you will do that, then you too will be spiritually united with him. His death on the cross will take away your guilt. So that when he comes to judge the world, you will be safe from the punishment that we all deserve. And be with him and his people in his glorious kingdom forever. And in the meantime, you have a new life to live with him as your Lord. A life in which you are to change step by step into his likeness. Christ, my friends, is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have indeed raised Christ from the dead. And thank you that all who trust in him have been raised spiritually, even now, 
as we wait for the final resurrection. We pray that you help us to set our minds on things above, to set our goal on becoming more like Christ, to set our hearts on expressing in our lives, in the here and now, the realities of who we are by your grace. We pray that you help us to do that as we wait for the day when Christ comes again and we appear with him in glory. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.